Hello, my friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, the Dallas Mavericks just uh, beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 114 to 102. I am gleefully looking forward to hearing everyone's extreme overreactions. Um, I think above all else, the best part that we should uh, take away from this game is that winning a game when you least expect it is really quite pleasing. Uh, when it came out that Chris Porzingis wasn't going to be able to play due to a toe issue, I've kind of written the game off. The Wolves more or less have, uh, you know, some other, some of their rotation guys and COVID protocols, but the Mavericks were down to three of their top, uh, top eight playing great. Uh, and it was, Two of the top three who we kind of don't necessarily expect offensive explosions from, but Jalen uh, Brunson, you know, uh, as always played just so solid. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith came through big. Even Dwight Powell had some games. And then some of the recently signed Mavericks, uh, Theo Pinson and Marquise Chris had nice basketball games. It, it was fun. Um, you know, uh, Theo Pinson commented after the game that he had no idea what they were running, which was really funny and also I think kind of aided in the chaos because the Wolves are kind of an aggressive defensive team and so not knowing what the guy is going to do makes things harder. Um, all right, so y'all know the rules. Come up on stage, come say hi, bring your takes and your thoughts. I'm going to bring up uh, people whose names I haven't seen in a while first. Be sure to hit that unmute button when I call you up on stage. Mr. Sims, it has been a while. Welcome back to the program. How's it going? That'd be you, Austin. How you doing? Hit the unmute button. Hey, Kirk. How are you? Good. Good, man. Um, yeah, pretty wild. Uh, so I, I'm actually one of the season ticket holders. So I go to a fair amount of games per year, which this year has been very depressing overall. Um, but yeah, the crazy thing is, is like Theo Pinson and Mark Crit or Marquise Chris made an actual, you know, debate as to if they should be added to the team. Um, it's a one-game sample size, and, you know, overall they're not great NBA players, but, again, they outplayed most of our roster. It's it's it's, it's, it's absurd how well they played compared to the rest. So you got, mm. you know, Pinson doing, you know, fast break plays, and, I mean, it's just – it's crazy. Like, they made the rest of our roster look like trash. Most of the Wolves' roster was there. All they missed really was Anthony Edwards, and outside that, they had their main guys. But for us, we, we were missing most of our players, and we dominated the game for the most part in yeah. reality. Yeah, I had um, – I have some Wolves friends that I, you know, talked with on Twitter, and, and I was just – I basically said that about the third quarter that the Timberwolves are an unserious – you know, they're just a tragically unserious team. And I had some fans get like some of their fans get mad at me and I'm talking to them. And it's just like, look, you know, the Mavericks have eight players out. You have five, like in including Luca. It's like, this isn't, this shouldn't be a competition. Like Carl Anthony Towns put up numbers, but I compared this on our podcast to some of the empty numbers games that Luca has had in blowouts where it's just like, you know, if you're not affecting winning at a certain point, I'm going to make fun of you. And the, the value of, of effort is, as my, as my guy Matthew notes in the chat, this is just really one of those games. And I, I had fun watching it. I don't know what to take away from it. I am not here to thieve anyone's joy. Uh, I, I'd be happy with a win. I just don't know what to do with like a lot. I mean, we, we debatedly had one 
NBA at least playoff contention player play tonight in Jalen Brunson, and they had Cat, uh-huh. who's a you know superstar, and they had Russell, who like he you was know, bad. He was bad, real like, bad. He's pretty much why they lost was, this game. <laughs> yeah, like he he's bad. Like he he's he's a sus. Like he he can play offense really well. He's a great shooter, but like he doesn't offer much outside of that. But at the same time, it's like they had most of their roster, at least most of their difference makers outside of the sophomore on their team that's their second best player. And we still like, you know, made it respectable. I think it was a pretty easy win on our po- our part with multiple ten day guys on the roster. Like yeah. it, it's just absurd. I mean that I just want to like make that a point of like that's crazy that we can bring in Pinson and Chris and they outperform most of our rosters been here for three and a half years, you know. It's great. Right. It's it's kinda like it's kinda one of those things where you don't wanna read too much into it, but it's like like the the thing that I will probably take away from this more than anything else, and it's like he's not been with the team for a while, but it's just like watching Chris play compared to how Willie Cauley Stein has played all year, it's just a no contest. I mean it, it uh, like I, I, he's, he's a- he he had he's kind of like Dwight Powell like he had energy he has a motor but he's kind of physical too I just, mm-hmm. I liked how he played like I enjoyed it and Lucas seemed to you know my my wife was next to me the game and she's like didn't they almost get in a fight at one point I was like yeah but like I think this shit happens when you play basketball I, I think it's more so like Luca respected the fact that he kind of like you know jockeyed him around a little bit versus. One of the Morris brothers just being, you know, dirty. Like I think I don't think Luke gives a shit. He just wants good players, and <laughs> Chris seemed to be a better player than half the bigs on our roster. So yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the game. Glad you got to see a win in person. So yeah, thanks for joining us, thanks. Austin. See ya. Okay, Chris, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Kirk, how's it going? It was good. Good. Nice watching the game. You know, I was only kind of half, half watching it, wrapping some Christmas presents. You know, I'll be down for for Dirk to do the kind of what opposite of what Kyrie's doing. Just basically the home games. Just com- commentate on the home games. Don't worry about going away. You know, uh, I'm sure he probably wants to just chill in Dallas, retire. You know, but uh, I, I enjoyed having him on the broadcast. You know, he's he's just the goat. You know, it's just I just love having him on the broadcast. But um, he was real good. He was real, real good to the point to where I was trying to, like, I didn't mean to do this in the postgame pod. It's going up in the morning. But, like, being, you know, I, I listen to a lot of other teams' crews just because when you watch 82 games a year, like, sometimes I just want to hear something different. And <laughs> to hear, you know, Followell is among one of the very best local guys. Like, he does his research. He's such a grinder. He's so good at this. Um, and I think he's fairly even. Um, Harp is is not for everybody, but most color guys are exactly how Harp is. What Dirk brought to the table was some recency to the game and just had some good commentary, and, and I really just enjoyed hearing him. I, I don't know. Like, it's obviously like he's never going to do that full time. But it's like yeah. they should if they did that twice a year with him during interesting games, I think that'd be really fun. Keep the novelty going. I just think with the funk that we were in, you know, losing two games and thank God we didn't let the Timberwolves come in 
after I, I mean, I commented on the thread here, just that blasphemy that cat was talking about, about being the greatest shooter of all time. That, this one thing about being kind of cocky or, or just, or confident, but he's just flat out arrogant. I mean, just coming in, I'm just so glad that the Wolves lost tonight. I mean, Dirk's on the broadcast. Like that, that just would suck if they won. Uh, sure. Just, I mean, he was hitting some threes and I, yeah, he's a great three point shooter, but. I mean, well, I mean, he really that. like how long so, has he been in the so, league for like six years or something? I mean, you I go look at his statistical profile like he shoots from the floor for his career from the floor. Fifty three percent like that's preposterous with the kind of shots he takes. Like he is an incredible score. It's just you don't ha- like I went and read the interview he gave with the athletic and he sort of inserts it unprompted and like I get being confident, but you know you're going to be cooked for that when you have like a 42% career winning percentage. Like, you know, I, I just I, I I didn't understand why it's like like don't walk in to you know don't walk into a field of rakes is is, yeah. is my suggestion for any young player that hasn't accomplished much. And just going into tonight's game, I think we're all kind of a we all had a bad feeling, right? And just those first couple shots. I mean, it was just a typical rush three point misses and I was like, oh here we go. <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna overreact about Pinson and Chris. I mean, but like you said, it's something different. And mm. I just hope one of these players at least pan out just to be in the rotation and just do something different. But I had a question about the draft pick thing about for next year or you know next summer. So we, do we have to use the draft pick and then after that we have more flexibility going forward or or you know, or trade the draft pick on draft night, and then we have more flexibility, like for future draft picks we can trade. Or I'm kind of confused so about that. The 2023 pick at the moment is owed to the Knicks, and it is top 10 protected. Okay. The Mavericks cannot trade the current pick that they own for the summer of 2022. That will until like the the first thing they could do is basically come to an agreement with another team and then swap players or swap something like after the fact. That's the first time they could do it. And, you know, that's essentially executing a draft, a draft day trade. Um, the 2023 pick, the, at some point, it's kind of widely thought that if something comes up, the Mavericks may lift their, um, the protections that they have on it. Like that is what is preventing them from trading a 2025 pick. Uh, in short, it's, it's a little, it, protections are kind of put in on purpose. And so, you know, when you, we've watched the Mavericks tonight, like, not tonight, but this season, like you can kind of see an argument for why, you know, why you'd want to keep protections on stuff. Cause sometimes things just go sideways. Um, but that, that's the way that works right now. So they, yeah, their hands are tied pretty much. And, and last thing, the whole Brunson thing, him being an unrestricted free agent next summer. I mean, uh, what do we, what do we do? I mean, he's a good player, but I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. Should we just go ahead and trade him? I mean, <laughs> just get something before he, I mean, I, I don't know, man, with our history with unrestricted free agents. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Well, the first, the, the thing to remember there is that it, it is, is that there's kind of two competing points of view on it. It's either you, you, exactly what you said. You, you could try to trade him now and get a certain level of value for him, but that's very difficult to do because he's not making very much money. Uh, but then you go into free agency and, and, you know, whatever. It's, it's just so difficult to kind of, to kind of figure out because, you know, our guy Xavier Santos says that, that he believes, you know, signing both Dorian and Jalen basically is, is part of what 
is like the bird is the bird rights trap. Like now the Mavericks don't have Brunson's bird rights, but it's basically getting locked into contracts for guys who aren't quite good enough. Yeah. I don't know at the moment. I just don't know. There are yeah. Brunson really works with this Mavs iteration and it really depends on what he wants to do. Like he could go play like the summer he could go play for a bad team and put up press, but I just don't know if that's necessarily what he wants. It's, it's hard to say. So, you know, they're, they're kind of in a bit of a, a difficult spot, but you know, at this point, all we can really do is sort of, sort of look ahead. Like yeah. winning tonight is one of those things where it's like, if they, had they lost and gone two games under 500, then they go and play the Bucks, then they go and play the Jazz. Like all of us would probably be kind of in a, in a, a little bit of a funk um, because, you know, you could see what was heading. Like the Mavs being under 500 is, is essentially a recipe for them making either, you know, things going in the gutter or them making some kind of like move, like panic move or something. And now it's just like, I I don't know. The more I I think about it, the more I look at the rest of the NBA, it's like, I think a lot of teams are just going to try to survive this COVID funk and then reassess. And so I just, I think in the short term, nothing interesting is going to happen whatsoever. And Luca might play Sunday. I think follow will um, quickly mention that uh, either Thursday or Sunday's coming back. So if just him saying that, I I honestly feel like he's just going to, he probably won't play Thursday, but I definitely will play Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they want uh, there's, there's some there's some uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some back channel with the NBA itself and being like, hey, we need Luca to play on Christmas. <laughs> you know, that's, sort of, so. well, that's all I have. Let's uh, hopefully get this win on Thursday against the 2021 champs. <laughs> God, man, the Bucks are tough. All right. Thanks, Chris. Talk soon. Thanks, Kurt. All right. Jim, what's up tonight? What's up, Kirk? Uh, we do. I just have like two questions. Um, you did say nothing interesting is going to happen in the short term. Uh, but what if it turns out that the G League players, like, I know this might be jumping the gun, um, but let, let's just do like a future forecast type of thing. Um, what if the G League players we just signed are better than our minimum rotation players? What happens contract-wise if we want to, like, flip Marquise Chris or Theo Pinson and, like, turn that yeah. into an actual contract? Like, what, what, who would we have to get rid of? And also, the second question is, and I feel like it plays into this, what's up with Willie Cauley-Stein? Do you know no, anything? No, and I don't love speculating because, like, the last time, like, two years ago, right before the bu- – like, the Mavs signed him before the bubble, and I think he played a little bit. Then he had, like, personal reasons, and it ended up being his partner was pregnant, I think, and he wanted to be with her because there was, like, some health scare going on. And, like, I'm really loath to comment on on any sort of thing like that. I will say that your your question about, like, who would they move on from, it would – you know, they would have to eat the, the contracts for – um Burke and for Willie Cauley Stein, because those are the two like cheapest veterans that they have, unless they wanted to cut Josh Green. Like they would actually have to cut someone is, is the answer. Um, the, the secondary answer, I, I think they could cut a two way player and then maybe bring that player up a certain number of games. But right now they're kind of, I don't remember some of the specifics with what's happening with like the COVID rules, like they're rejiggering coming to agreements with the NBPA. Uh, and I'm not particularly versed about it. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with these guys. I think the the infusion of energy is going to serve as a reminder for the players who are not married to the team long term that like they need to play better and harder. Okay, uh, I just had one more question that just popped in my head. 
Sure. Um, because I feel like with Mavs Moneyball, there's been a lot of criticism with Jason Kidd as a coach. And for obvious reasons, like the coaches' challenges are absolute trash. Uh, rotations are not great at some points. Play calling. Um, when would, or when as a Mavs fan, would it be comfortable for us to actually give a good judgment on Jason Kidd as a coach? Would it be playoffs? Would it be like our final regular season record? I mean, it was, bef- it was before we signed him. He wasn't a good coach before we signed him. Like, Jason Kidd's not doing anything to inspire confidence. The real thing is that he's so far down the list that I don't know if you can say he's ne- he's just a replacement-level coach at best. Like, this roster is so challenging, I don't think it necessarily matters. But it's just, like, he's lost more challenges. I mean, I, some of the rotations are really bunk. We don't talk about that enough. I, I, but the team is a mess. And, and it doesn't, you know, it's kind of a built-in excuse. So, uh, you know. If they don't make the playoffs, I think he's the easiest one to go at, but I don't think it's, like, his fault per se. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got. Sure thing, bud. Talk soon. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Who we got? Ben, welcome to the program. How are you? That is a amazing profile photo you have. Hit that unmute button down there at the bottom and uh, come join us here on stage. Give you a second to figure it out. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I enjoyed tonight's uh, tonight's broadcast with with Dirk. I hope it becomes you know two three times a year with home stuff. Just just to switch things up because it's a grindy season. All right, Ben, if you can figure out the mute later, um, I'll bring you back up. Uh, let's see here, Lance. How are we doing, Lance? What's up tonight, Lance? You got to know the unmute too. Come on. Oh my here. goodness, sorry. Been a while since I've been on here. How's it going, man? <laughs> it's good. What's up tonight? Well, I got two observations. One, this has to be the most impressive uh, Mavs win of the season, and two, this game probably indicates uh, Minnesota needs to trade Cat in offseason. I don't think it's the most impressive. I think it's probably the most satisfying one we've had in a while, just because the you know I wouldn't expect him to win and to beat a team with more talent is nice. I mean, I I was so I signed up to do the recap, you know. And I, you know, this was before all the the COVID craze sure. with the new variant. So I was like, oh, this should be a fun game. And then I realized I'm like, oh shit, I just did two Minnesota Mavs games in a row, and I'm kind of getting tired of looking at Minnesota because they really, I mean, they're they're good in some parts, but they're bad in a lot of others. But uh, nonetheless, the Mavs PR knows what they're doing because they saw how many players are missing, and they probably called up Dirk for a huge favor to come do the game. So. All in all, fun game, and and hearing Dirk kind of make like uh, sly comments about Cat's comments about him being the best shooter was also very entertaining. Yeah, I mean Dirk's funny like that. Like I think the only people that truly pissed him off in his career were um, Kevin Garnett uh, and I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Dwayne Wade had to be right. Yeah, yeah, but I mean like contemporaries who played his. Like like the kind of head to head matchup style oh, guys. Um, he always had a lot of fun with Duncan, Sheed, some of those guys. But I'm like trying to think if there's anybody David else. David West. Like, David yes, West. Yes, great call. Great call. Yeah, David, David West. West. Uh, those New Orleans but, teams really bothered Dirk. 
But even after the fact, David West seemed to have like, like David West thought, said that Dirk was a really hard cover. It's just that one time when he put his hands on Dirk's face and nobody went, but it's just like, like he's funny about that sort of stuff. He's so, you know, part of the reason why the Mavericks made, or not the Mavericks, why the NBA made him one of the, like the top 75 spokespeople is because he's just, I think he's really comfortable and humble talking with all sorts of different people about all sorts of different players. Like he's just, he's such a unique guy in history. And so I don't know. It's nice to hear him. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way he contextualizes everything, and even after, like, the postgame, he was talking with the crew, with Devin Harris and them, and he was just, like, admitting how how hard it was and, like, how to, like, you have to explain things very quickly because the possessions in the NBA go so quick that if you're not done saying your piece in, like, you know, five seconds, three plays have already went by, and it's, like, irrelevant at that point. It's just He's just very insightful, man, and, and obviously funny, but, like, he could have easily, you know, been bitter about what Cat said, but he took it and and tried like kind of like what he did for his whole career. But oh, it was funny. Like like the only people who I know that had like were like, yeah, he's right. Are either, and I say this lovingly to some of the younger folks that are on social media, where it's like people are like, right. well, you're, you know, he's, he's he was not talking about that. Like I went and read the athletic interview. He kind of walked into it. He basically said. You know, he said it unprompted. Like there was no like question about the statistical superiority. He's like, I'm the best at this, which right. fine, fine. I want that level of confidence in my but, superstar, but it's just like, ah. It's a different era, Kirk. Like that's what I told you. Sure. Like Dirk probably attempted like two or three threes a game. No, three back and a half. Three and a half. Cat's only attempted four for his career. He's had some seasons where he's gone up to eight. This season he's really gone down. I mean, Cat's a magnificent scorer. It's just, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like it irked me because it's just. Derek got a ton of shit in his career and he won 50 games, like 14, you know, 13 out of 14 seasons. Right. It's like, it, it's it, that sort of shit just, it, it rankles me after the fact. Oh, well. But it's whatever. I mean, I, I, I'm really like some of the other guys are saying on here that hopefully Dirk, you know, signs up to, to do this at least a handful of times, but obviously he's a busy guy. He really kind of deserves the rest. So I, I yeah. get it. He doesn't, but fun game, man. And, and I really wasn't expecting it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I wanted to go. I was gonna to go to the game, man. But with everything going on, I think I'm just gonna wait till I get that booster, man. Till I go back. So. Sure. Don't get a booster and flu shot at the same time because it will put you on your ass for like two days. You did but. that. <laughs> My wife did. did. You also- she, she was just like, "I'm done. I'll talk to you next man, week." Man, <laughs> talk about a bundle that you didn't want. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Let's Kurt, right happy holidays, man. You too, buddy. Okay. Let's try Ben again. Hey, Ben. What's up? And we'll come back out to the main page if you're in the chat and then hit the unmute button there at the bottom. This is just, uh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't let it, you yeah. know when you're in the chat. Yeah. Sorry. It's the icon thing. Ah, I don't know. I got it. Welcome I got back. it. We're good to go. I've been listening for a while. It's my first time. I, uh, I just turned 40 this year, but I've been a, been a Mavs fan since the, uh, since Don Carter's lucky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so back in the cherry Cherokee parts, the days, really rough uh, Mavs days, I think it's fair to yes, say. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. I think exactly. And I need you guys reflect on that. Like there have been many, many darker days than, than these. And, uh, yeah, I, my main thing is, uh, I, and I got a lot to say, obviously that I finally had enough things I wanted to talk about to chime in, but I'm only going to talk about a couple and I'm just going to bring it for the first time, even though he didn't play and he's not apparent who knows what's going on with his foot is KP and how, when you look at a game like tonight and you see all these kind of new, this high energy, 
game that reminds us of a couple of years ago when we were the highest rated offense. And, and I just have never felt like with it, like with the eye test that KP fits into that with Luca, you know, handling things. I mean, he, he's, he's played well. He's had pockets of time when, you know, when he, he that we were hitting and we won some games and there was the bubble and, but I mean, we know he's going to get hurt. You know, we know he's never going to live up to this contract, right? I mean, well, it's I, tough. It's tough. I mean, because... I, I'm not trying to be, you know what I mean? But I, when you see a game like this and you see a bunch of parts guys come in and you see, you watch Luca in the Olympics and he, you know what I mean? You, you, they run this high energy game and moving the ball around. And I, it just took for, it, once Luca, once KP gets going, it seems like, you know, you feel like, you know, he's going to get hurt. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, can you, why not just fire sale the guy? I mean, I don't, it's going to be hard, but you take less than he's worth or whatever to just get out from under it. So one of Mavs Moneyball contributors currently does a little more for D Magazine because they pay him. Uh, is Talk Franco um, has been doing some writing and tweeting about KP lately. And one of the things that happens with KP throughout his entire career, and I'm not kicking the guy because he's just playing flat out better than he has in years past, but or in la- than last year in particular. But what happens is he plays really good for like six to six or seven games. And then he will play really mediocre to bad for 10 to 15 games. And he's not ever really been a consistent player. He's not like Dirk's hallmark and really blinding many of us for years was his consistency. And KP's just not a consistent guy. He's not a great shooter. Everybody thinks he's a great shooter. But he's not. And that's Okay. And so, like, for the last 10 games, he's actually been really mediocre on offense. He's not been terrible, but he's been mediocre. Last year, he was super efficient despite being unable to move because he was just hitting shots. And I think he'll swing around and be fine offensively this year. I just don't know what you do about him as a player because, like, when he and Luca play together, and really this hasn't happened as much this year because he's not spacing as much because he's playing more inside. But KP as a spacer, just a, a, a person on the floor, made their offense a heck of a lot better. The challenge yeah. is like he just doesn't want to do that. And and I don't, you know, I don't know what you do about it. Well, it makes me think back to 2011 and how and this goes back to, you know, this is a kid versus Carlisle thing too maybe. And I mean, Kid is on that team, so, you know, maybe there's a little bit of something to gain from that, but we had so many different lineups throughout that whole season. And then we never even saw so many of those playoff lineups until the playoffs. Mm. Um, and we, and then all of a sudden we had crazy, like we're like Berea and kid are starting or right. Like wouldn't there some like super small one? They didn't even really take threes like they did in the playoffs and granted what they did in the playoffs was not, it's like boring compared to today, but they didn't even really take the corner threes that they were taking until like the last 10 or 15 games of the season. They were taking like lots of long twos. And I think that speaks. Yeah. Yeah. The game's different. And, but I, I think. I mean, what we know Carlisle was good at doing is taking guys who weren't going to be playing very often, but when they hit the floor, they were ready. Mm. And you know what I mean? The, the, that ninth guy on the floor would hit, and he would seemingly know the role and play it. And, it, you know, obviously, I mean, kids will see, but he doesn't have a track record of that. The, the guys like him, you know, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it's just hard to it's hard to see it sometimes. Uh I mean, so far, you know, and I'm yeah. trying to be patient with that. And I've been patient with KP, too, but, you know. Well, the constant Mavs refrain from the organization is, like, we need to see more. We need more time. And it's just, 
I don't know. I, I get it. You know, Chuck Cooperstein is always really good about saying, well, hey, everything is down in the league, yada, yada, yada. And I just – the fact that they've managed to make a – and, you know, Luca plays a part in this. He He's not – he is not without uh, fault. But, like, the fact that they made a team that was so fun to watch two years ago with the same players extremely eh to watch is – it's just it's not it's not great. I mean, this season has not been particularly fun. I was really, really, really looking forward to this one. It's just it's been not fun. And and you know tonight's a, a nice break from that because they did something interesting. But big picture, I just I'm not sure where to go with this because you know I'm I'm looking at the standings right now and like the Mavericks are in just this this middle morass where they could go either way. Like they're the ace seed right now, and there's. The, the the Nuggets are one game up and they're the fifth seed. Like there's basically everyone from five down to nine. So five teams that are basically within a game or half a game of each other. And like something's going to break bad at some point for one of these teams. It's And, and you know, is it going to be the Mavericks or is it going to be somebody else? And I just, I just don't know because the, all the messaging, all the talk from the Mavericks, hell from Cuban, he's like messaged people who are in our, our, our chat is like, we just need to see more. And it's like, well, more of what? Like, why? Right. I, I don't right. know. It, this has just been a very frustrating season where the expectations have really started to bite us. Right. And because, because I'm, you know, always going to reflect on that 2011 team, like when, when we finally made the choice for like Terry to be that six man, to be that second wave spark kind of dude and we've seen so many games well when when Luke, when either luca or kp was missing games uh usually it was like coach's decision in the last sure. couple years or something you would see really good game really good kp games and really good luca games but never together it seemed so what if what if we tried to do i mean <laughs> kp would never <laughs> want to come off the bench but why not if, if it's worked better if we if we were able to flip Powell and somebody to get an act more active kind of starting maybe a, a you know what I mean somebody with a little bit more active game um, to start just for a little bit and then start then start rotating and then KP comes in relatively quickly you know because you you know we sure. had guys that were offensive liabilities starting for us in the playoffs because there was a a specific role that Carla had carved out, carved out for him. Yeah, well, and that's where I don't think Jason Kidd has the clout to be able to do that. Um, I don't know. They 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 need to try something, and it's it's just past. I just don't know when they're gonna do it. Like, there's a whole bunch of like wait and see feel around the Mavericks, and I just I sometimes worry that they're gonna wait too long. Like, what made the KP trade so interesting several years ago was like they got the jump on everyone. You know, I don't think Porzingis knew he was coming to Dallas. That like Porzingis had put out feelers that he wanted to leave, but then the next Knicks had already basically dealt him by the time that the news came out. Right. So. Well, and I did not. To, I don't want to take too much time here, but I just the last draw for me was like the end of that. Even though the numbers were great, it's easy to get lost in the numbers. But that other game, the overtime loss. When like at the end and him and Leva going for that rebound and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, KP kind of had, had position there or whatever. But he the way KP went for it and he just kind of grabbed and like closed his eyes and like thrashed around like he was going to get the ball. And I just he just doesn't seem like he's got it in uh, upstairs 
to to be the guy. Uh, and he's, he's he's almost too. He's he's a very analytical thinker. I think it's you know like yeah that that overtime was very like he was very rough in that game. Even um, late in the fourth, there was like it was about two minutes left or something, and he took like a off. like a, a three where he ran out to the wing and took a three, yes. and it's like what are you doing? He, he got a handoff pass, and it was like he was like five feet behind the line and just jacked a three, and it's like yo, mm-hmm. we have the lead. Like you know what's what's going on here? So yeah, it just. Yeah, so you know what I'm saying, but I do. Who knows? We'll see. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Ben. Glad we uh, hope you come back. Yeah, appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Okay, Matt, welcome to the show, Matt. How are you tonight? Hit that unmute button. Hey, Kurt, can you hear me? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I got a couple things. Um, you've touched on it earlier. I um, mean, this has easily been like the most fun Mavs game of the year. The broadcast were away from the harp nonsense and we have Dirk with some humor just was, it was great. And honestly, you've mentioned it instead of being like a chore tuning into these games, it was actually like fun. I enjoyed it. And then um, second off, I think with all the COVID and the guys missing, um, I think I guess the biggest thing to take away for these role players is, I mean, a lot of these guys have unperformed all year and just really, um, Getting some confidence. Sterling Brown, I thought, had a good game. Obviously, Finney Smith and Brunson. Needed did. that. Brown, Brown needed Yeah, and just, just these guys, you know, getting some confidence. And maybe they'll play just average or what they have in the past and really um, could just be a boost for the years to come. Obviously, I mean, these players are better than what they've been playing this year, but just when is it going to show up? So, yeah, that, I think that was big for tonight, and maybe even for like the next couple games, just help them get some confidence under their belt, and really maybe, you know, jump us off and get us a get us on a roll here. So, Bobby Corrala just tweeted: the Mavs had a oh, 120 offensive rating tonight, which is their fourth best game of the season. <laughs> like, it's like the key clearly is only having bad players play. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, we fixed the offense by having, like, our best players today. I guess we should just trade Luca, Porzingis and just roll with the Sterling Brown, the White Pal, Dorian Finney-Smith, and go win the title, I guess. Right, for sure. Like, like, like uh, Chuck Cooperstein keeps talking about how, like, oh, Dorian's our best three-point shooter, and I'm sitting there screaming in my head, that's a problem. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's, like, really great for Dorian. Glad he's become that, that consistent, but it's like he was not supposed to be that. <laughs> he's supposed to be, like, the fourth best. Oh, what a riot. Yeah, it's funny where, where, where we're at nowadays. We're relying on Dorian Finney-Smith to save us. Or he's our sniper. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I had. Last thing is, um, obviously, with the the hardship guys, um, you, we kind of touched on it a little bit. But if, if one were to, I guess, take Willie's spot, um, do you think it would be would be Theo? Um, obviously, he had, like, a nice feel. He just probably shoots too much for someone who can't shoot. Or would it be would it be Chris? You think um, with his energy, um, kind of obviously in a Willie role, if actually someone who plays hard. I mean, I prefer Pinson just because I think the Mavericks need more wingy guys. Um, I think they need to stop doing these two big lineups, but you know, I don't think they're ever going to stop doing that. So Chris just seems. Yeah, I think I'd lean toward Pinson myself as well, but. Um, obviously I think that they would, if they had a pick one, they'd probably go Chris, especially with him getting them crunch time minutes tonight. Yeah. I've sort of settled on the Mavs never doing what I actually want them to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Matt. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, talk soon. Okay, Sam, what's up? Sam, hit that unmute button. How we doing? Oh, my bad. I didn't know I was on. How you doing? I'm well. Thanks for joining us. What do you got tonight? Oh, uh, yeah, I got a couple quick things. Uh, first, um, it kind of sucks because the thing I've always talked about is us trying to get assets or having assets, and it sucks that Josh Green and uh, Amari, am I saying his name you right? You did. I heard it, it, it. Okay, good. Um, that, um, you know, he's hurt, and then Josh Green, obviously, with COVID, it's like, I just want to see him on the court, just, you know, just to see what they can do, because Josh Green was starting just to build up a little bit, and then he mm-hmm. got there. So, you know, that, yeah, so that kind of sucked. So, it's like, it's the story of this team. Every time you think something's starting to build up, something happens, and then it's it's gone. So that's one part. And then the second part is um, just being a Mavs fan. It's funny because they played on Sunday and I, I literally didn't know they were playing until I went to a bar. Like, it's just, I, I went to a bar and I was like, oh, the Mavs are playing today. And that's how much I didn't care about this game because I'm thinking, well, we don't have Porzingis. The only reason I watched the game because Dirk was on the broadcast. So I was like, okay, well, it'll be interesting. And then, of course, they won the game. So it's just kind of like, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't with this thing. So it's well, who was it was friend of friend of the program Matt Moore and by mainly friend of me Matt Moore lovely guy to death. But do you remember he tweeted in the offseason that the Mavs are going to be like the ninth best team in the West, and we all lost it on him. And right now they are the ninth best team in the West. Um, he he we, he and I were kind of talking after the game. And he's just like, you're just going to have games like this in the thick of the season, COVID or not, where one team plays like shit. And if if you're making fun of the Wolves, you also probably should make fun of the Mavs. It's like, oh yeah, don't worry, make fun of the Mavs plenty. But I mean, I was like, like it's just it's it's nice to get a win, though. It just kind of muddies up what I think they ought to do because when you win a game like this versus losing some of these games where they have all their better players, it's like what I just don't know what to make of them even after 30 games, and clearly neither. Yeah, it's it's kind of frustrating because like they play the Bucks on Thursday and who knows what the Bucks are gonna have, but you know you obviously don't feel like you have a chance against them. And then they play Utah on Saturday, and even if Luca does play, which I, I believe he's gonna play because the NBA needs him to play at this point, <laughs> so he's gonna right. play. I mean, we're not beating the Jazz. We don't have the matchups for the Jazz to beat them, unless the Jazz just has you know one of those games where they just everybody's just off. So well, do you remember? So this is kind of – it's like KP dependent, but do you remember a game last year where the Mavericks were playing without KP, and so they had Rudy on Dorian, and Dorian had one of his – it was during his, like, 45% from three stretch where he was just bombing um, Katie in the chat notes unless Dorian hits eight threes. And it's like – I think they – like, the the, the – the the Utah Jazz are a really good team, but they're they're a bit like Matt Matt in the chat described Dirk as a metronome. I think the Jazz are kind of the same, and sometimes you can just knock the metronome off its base. And if Luca plays and has a bananas game, like it, it, I think this will be a fun game. Like it, it, I, I'm I'm just I'm hopeful. I don't know why because I don't feel like the Mavericks have played good on Christmas ever um, in my lifetime. So I don't you know maybe they're. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I know what game you're talking about last year where they just they were hitting everything, mm-hmm. and then the Jazz they weren't hitting anything, and you know we won. So I mean, yeah, that's that can definitely happen, but it's at this point it's just basically somehow just try to throw the water, I guess you could say, because I keep saying it, you're literally a five game winning streak away from being fourth. So mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, the Lakers they're getting 
destroyed by the Suns right now. So it's like yeah, you know, that's that's my main joy in life is the Lakers losing. Oh yeah, that's that's the only thing that's keeping me like you know just happy. I guess you could say that's with right. the season being so frustrating, but we're we're still there. Like at some point. We, we hopefully off season trade them along. We do something significant because I, I guess I don't know what we can do. I don't know what's gonna happen, but you just gotta try to keep the faith. That's, that's all I can say at this point. Well, thanks for joining, Sam. Appreciate you as always. Hey, no problem. Happy holidays. You as well. Uh the big shot pod with my man. How we doing, Mister Baza? Hey, Kirk. Pretty good. Um. So, yeah, I was just going to say this game, this is kind of sad, but this game is like, I think, the most um, satisfying and fun to watch out of this whole season just because the energy was there. Um, you know, we didn't give up the lead at the end. We almost did. Uh, they did come back, and it was, I think, tied like 90-90 or something like that at some point. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we stuck with it, and we won, and I was happy. And also, I'm glad to see – Marquise Chris, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit, um, I don't know, reluctant when we first signed him. But uh, he looks like he's, you know, that energy that we need. And, uh, you know, I I don't know, like, why is it like a big deal to cut Willie Cauley-Stein? I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I still think they, they re-upped his team contract because they were expecting to do something with it because there was no reason to carry six centers into the season. Um, so I really don't – it depends on what you mean by big deal. I, I don't – so so our guy Scott, recent new contributor to MavsMoneyBall.com, CBA Mavs on Twitter, wrote like a 1,500-word explainer on what the Mavericks' options are, and they can cut – um, they can cut him. It's a matter of, of, you know, do they care about eating the dead money? And I think for a roster spot, the answer is no, they don't care. So, I mean, it's possible. It is, it is entirely possible. So like Marquise Chris was drafted. That's right. He was drafted eighth overall by the, by the Kings and then was traded to the Suns. Um, and he's had kind of a bounce around career. He, he played the last, you know, last two years with the Warriors and the Warriors, the Warriors run such a complex offensive scheme that if you're a guy like Chris, who I don't think ever played super structured, like you know, going from, you know, kind of AAU and high school ball and, and to playing with the Warriors, it's just, I don't know if he ever really learned some of the nuances of the game. And so I think with what the Mavericks will ask him to do is simply play hard. He doesn't have to run like a, a timing based scheme that some of the stuff that the Warriors did, because it's, it's a con that's why the Warriors were bad last year because they didn't have the players to run their complex offense. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I have zero expectations, but that means I can't be hurt by, by Marquise Chris. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, because, I mean, really all the Mavs need him to do is, you know, set screens, roll to the basket, rebound, and, you know, try and block shots if he can. So I don't think that's that complicated. <laughs> yeah, right. So and, well, uh, I have this- no idea what they do, though, because it's, it's so muddy right now. Like, I, I kind of had a quite. I'm sitting here asking, why the hell aren't the Mavericks bringing up any of the guys that they signed from the Texas, like, that they signed for the Texas Legends? And 
the answer provided to me was, well, they just think that these other guys on other teams like are, are better. And I'm like, well, then why did you sign those guys to the legends? Like, what am I missing? I don't know. Some of this stuff is, is a little confusing to me. I, I, I've watched enough summer league basketball to know that there's usually a pretty stark dividing line between guys who can play in the NBA and guys who can't. And it's, it, you know, you're just trying to steal some games right now, I guess, because it, it really depends on how long these guys are in COVID protocols. Like this is it, the NBA is probably going to work out some different rules similar to what the NFL has, because it seems like and I can't confirm this. This is just me kind of poking my nose around and asking more verified people. It seems like the vast majority of players this time are all um, all not displaying symptoms. And I think that will end up mattering for sports leagues over the long haul. Right. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I was going to just say, I agree with, um, I don't remember who it was. I think his name might've been Chris. Um, this might be, this COVID thing might be a blessing in disguise just because, um, you know, it'll let guys get minutes, you know, get into a groove and these like couple games, you know, try and get, you know, a consistent shot. And then, you know, once Luca and them come back, you know, whenever they do get minutes, hopefully they can stay in that rhythm somewhat. Yeah. No, it'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. Just some of the the little things here and there. When you, it's nice to see guys play well, um, at, particularly after a guy like Brown had struggled for a good chunk of the season. Yep. And just one last thing. Uh, I've made an observation. Uh, you know, I'm hearing a lot of Mavs fans saying we should sit KP or trade him, whatever. But you know, what I'm seeing, at least from analysts and commentators and stuff. They don't think KP has any value. Nope. <laughs> I mean, obviously we've been watching him and he's had a, you know, pretty, pretty good season, at least compared to the last couple ones. And, um, well, at least to last one, to last season. And, um, you know, they don't even see that. They don't, you know, they don't mention that he's been, you know, at least a little bit better this season at all. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't think trading KP, I mean, it would help to get, out of his contract, but other than that, we would be losing a lot. And I guess I'd rather have KP on the team if that's the case. Yeah, I understand that take too. I mean, I it just feels like everything's on the table just because they've underperformed relative to where you know they we kind of expected them to be and where I think the Mavs expected them to be. So I tend to agree that I don't think he goes anywhere. But you know, it's weird. If anything is possible in the weird basketball season. That's for sure. All right, thanks, Kirk. All right. Um, this has been fun, everyone. We will see kind of what happens with these Mavs the next few days. Uh, I suspect the 10 day guys, you know, these, these hardship players at least get a couple more minutes. So seeing, you know, Chris against a, a, a different team, uh, in the Bucks could be fun, uh, because they have some bangers and, you know, Dwight Powell tends to get owned, uh, by <laughs> stronger basketball players, which is everybody. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's going to be kind of a weird weird few days, and then we'll just tr- we'll try to make it to Christmas. I am looking forward to seeing you know what these guys can do, and I, I I'm kind of going to enjoy the the sort of exp- expectationless basketball that we might get right up, uh, or at least at least the next game. All right, guys, Kirk Anderson uh, talking to you uh, from Mavs Moneyball, and I will uh, see you all later in the week. Have a good one.